0: another short episode of the challenge spies lies and allies
1: how do we feel about these short episodes
0: well i want to i want to talk about the short episodes but first i want to introduce myself i'm john shidley hill and
1: i am sheldon alexander with the fresh cut shouts to my guy john who allowed me to to sneak off to the barber shop like, we were trying to figure out, people don't know sometimes, you know, how we juggle the schedule around, trying to figure out when we're going to record. And John said, hey, might be a little later today. And I'm like, ooh,
0: let me see if I can get a haircut. <laughs> and boom, clean cuts. Uh, shout out to Clean Cuts, the official barbershop of You Killed It. But also, <laughs> yes. I don't think people want to know how this podcast gets made because... Oh. It's sometimes an ugly process. We look good, but the way it gets made is not so good. Okay. I want, I'm i so glad you brought up the hour-long episode thing, because I was curious about it. Mm-hmm. From a production standpoint, you've got our insight. Okay. This is two weeks in a row where we had hour-long episodes. After seasons of generally 90-minute episodes, what's going on? Because, like... The business side of me is like, they're getting less commercial time. Mm -hmm. And this is probably MTV's biggest moneymaker.
1: I don't know. Ridiculousness does pretty well. And hold on. Can our American listeners tell me something? Because I really want to know. Does ridiculousness come on all the time in the States as well? Or is that just a Canadian
0: thing? No, it's there too. Oh, What we get that they don't get is we get the Corner Gas cartoon. And they don't.
1: Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. There's there's someone listening. They're like, "What's corner gas?" But anyways, so, um
0: hold on. I have I have more to say about corner gas. Oh, the first time anyone's ever said that. Wow. I, I think you need to talk- start
1: by explaining what corner gas is cuz I'm going to assume that most Americans have no idea what corner gas is.
0: Well, I will. I will as part of this anecdote. Friend of the show Marie from <laughs> the challenge. Okay she uh, she posted somewhere on social media complaining about how often they show ridiculousness. Okay. And so I messaged her. I don't know, we had some sort of interaction where I was like, yeah, well, we have reruns of Corner Gas. And she's like, what the fuck is <laughs> Corner Gas? <laughs> so for those of you uh-huh. who are not familiar with Corner Gas, it's a Canadian sitcom Based on the uh, comic stylings of stand-up comedian Brett Butt, that is his real name, and it's set in a fictional Saskatchewan town called Dog River where he plays the manager of a gas station in this small town. And it's just like him and his two employees shooting the shit in the small town and his dad who owned the gas station originally is always coming in to like give him grief. Mm-hmm. And his mom is also a big character and he has sort of a flirtation with this local woman. Uh, well, so sorry, major plot point. She's from Toronto. So she's an untrustworthy city person, but she moves to Dog River, Saskatchewan. <laughs> to open up a diner that's, like, attached to the gas station. Yeah. And then there's two characters that are uh, the two local RCMP officers. And that's uh, – I think that's the main – I think I got everyone in the main cast. Yeah,
1: that and sounds like, like a South Park bit of what Canadian television would be like.
0: well, Or like a family guy bit. Do you know what I mean? For sure. The incredible thing is, so Corner Gas was on through – the like early to mid 2000s and then it got canceled I'm sure you remember Sheldon big time finale people cried in the streets oh I I tuned in for sure (laughs) and then in like the past five years they came out with a corner gas cartoon show so it's like the same voice actors as the original show and like guys no one missed corner gas (laughs) Like, I'm probably the biggest corner gas fan around, and like, I'm not that into it. I can't
1: say that I know anybody that watches corner gas, and I think I've probably watched the biggest
0: corner gas fan
1: in total in my life. I've maybe watched five minutes of corner gas, like, total.
0: I've probably watched 20 or 30 episodes. That's incredible.
1: Um, I don't even know how we got on the oh, ridiculousness. Ridiculousness. Ridiculousness is the only thing that airs on MTV every single day. And then Corner Gas in Canada. Um, So the hour episodes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> We're off the rails like two minutes into this pod. But I think the people need us off the rails because what's going on in the show, although this episode wasn't bad. This episode wasn't bad. I can't even say.
0: This uh, episode is better than last week.
1: For, for sure. sure. So here's what I think. And it depends on what ends up happening the next coming weeks, right? That will tell us exactly what's going down. If they have a string of one hour episodes, it means that the season wasn't that good. And they got into the edit suite and realized, oh, we got to start like spacing this stuff out because we don't have enough. So then they start making one hour episodes. But for what we're looking at right now, if I'm just talking about this episode and the episode before, at first, I thought the reason why they split up the two episodes was because Emmy was going to lose. And they didn't want the Emmy episode where they were trying to push all of her music,
0: right? Mm. And be like,
1: hey, here's this pop star. Buy her music. She's awesome. I thought they didn't want to have that episode be the same episode where she loses and goes home, right? Because that's kind of a bad sales pitch. That's what I thought. But now that I see these two episodes, I think that, they probably just had enough for maybe two hours, but not the full last week, hour and a half, this week, hour and a half.
0: Do you know you what know I mean? What? I do know what you mean. And listening to you like deep dive, something else occurred to me and we'll talk about this further on this episode of You Killed It, but They've lost three cast members unexpectedly.
1: Oh yeah, that's true. Right, Definitely and like
0: true. so, they lost Nam, who they replaced with Ed. So I guess like numbers remain the same mm-hmm. in that respect. But there's I can't even remember her name. But Josh's original partner, who got booted from the show for saying Oh, Michaela. Things. Oh, no, not Michaela. What was her name? I don't even remember. She was barely on because she they like gave her the old D edit and then oh and then See, i course, forgot about that episode already. we're gonna get into it but fessy gets eliminated
1: but then also um what's my guy from survivor with the red hair he got hurt
0: and anisa got hurt
1: anisa got hurt yeah people are so dropping like
0: five people that like bounced early so like that's that is a lot of drama sort of out the door
1: yeah no for sure for sure and I think that plays a role in it, for sure, because you you are now adjusting on the fly, right? You had things kind of laid out, maybe in terms of twists and turns of how the season was going to go. But now, like some of the drama has been taken out because the way the show initially was intended to be, you go down with your partner. But maybe part of the drama would have been, well, they're selecting a guy from one group and then a girl from another group. And now you kind of taking that off the table right? Especially when you know Esther just doesn't have a partner, so they know that it's going to be a female elimination. You're removing a bunch of the drama and a bunch of the um, deliberating or politicking that would be going on in the house. That's now gone. So just a lot less stuff to show. Then add in, they're not trying to go heavy on the party, crazy drunkenness either. We've seen that, right? It's been toned down. We know as I talked about on I don't remember now because it's a blur and my I'm scatterbrained. Was it last week or a couple weeks ago when we were talking about the Amanda and Fessy thing, right? And how yeah. much Amanda was talking on IG Live about how like her and Fess were joking around about how oh they didn't even show them hooking up in the bunk beds and how much like they almost broke the bunk beds and they're joking around, but still like we didn't even really see that. No. Right? Like so we'll get we'll get to the fessy stuff for sure but there's just a lot going on here and maybe maybe this is also just a test run to see cuz i'm still thinking there's a world where they start putting the challenge on like
0: cbs and stuff like that right so yeah who knows i if that's better you. suited th- to be an hour i think i think that's going to happen i i think it cuz like it's increasingly obviously the format is like uh reality tv Mm all-stars basically yep and i and they've definitely toned down the sexual content and i could see it easily transitioning to cbs one thing i I wanted to point out was i don't know do you watch the previously on like the little preamble to every episode it was a good reminder about the pizza fight and this is so... I, I don't know. I just find this interesting. So... Everyone's drunk. Yeah. Amber's pizza gets eaten by someone else. Tori, seeing an opportunity, shouts, "Fassy ate your pizza. Knowing that those two have beef. It just like watching back the, like, sort of the Coles notes, it's sort of... I found it interesting that Fessy never actually said, "Amber, I didn't eat your pizza," and I think I'm he not did, saying though. that. Did he? I if think he, he did, did. Like, I didn't. I didn't hear. Him. Maybe I gotta go back and watch last week's episode. But it just like he did so little to defuse the fight, which is partly why he's messy, Fessy, because he he doesn't. It's not that he doesn't back down; he just doesn't address other people's upset ever. And like, we're certainly going to talk about that tonight. But
1: see, I go the other way. I think that he did. There was an acknowledgement when it originally happened that, like, come on, Amber, you know, I didn't, eat, I didn't take your pizza, mm. right? Like, I think there was that acknowledgement very early on. I think the the thing that really stood out to me was Fessy is smiling throughout, like the whole thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: right and like you know the moment i was about to say something that i definitely should not say on the podcast but <laughs> i'll tiptoe around and self-edit myself live and on the fly but you know when you're in those moments when like you're around people who are drunk and you're not drunk know yep. so it's a little um different i'll say yeah so you're taking them in and you just know that you're playing a different game at the in the moment than they are. And Fessi just had like this smirk on his face the entire time because you have to remember he's just chilling. Meanwhile, everyone else it's nighttime. You could tell they're they're getting it in. And that's the part that was kind of weird to me to go back and watch and be like, "Oh, okay. This is also really weird because there's a line where you being the sober one, you know, there's a line between, okay, I get it. They're drunk. And then, okay, this is really annoying. Mm-hmm. And I think that's yeah. where he got to, right?
0: Yeah. There, that actually brings me to a question I had in my notes for you, Sheldon. And I don't know where I, where I sit on this. If you're on the challenge, like you, Sheldon Alexander, you get invited. They're like, we're going to show this podcaster what time it is come on the challenge. Would it be to your advantage to be sober the entire time?
1: Yeah, definitely. You think so? Definitely. Because I think like, you know, I think what ends up happening is people begin to manipulate that against you. Right. And also like, do you want to be, and it also depends on, are you talking about me now are you talking about me at 23? Because <laughs> that guy definitely should not be on camera when, um, when the Remy's in the system has uh noted poet, Sean Carter once famously said, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't think, I just don't think that's a good idea just because like, what does it actually benefit? What's the benefit up to that?
0: The, There's two benefits that I can see. Okay. The first is I do think it's important that you get along with everyone in the house. Mm -hmm. And there's something like you don't want to ostracize yourself. And like there will inevitably inevitably be someone that says, hey, what the fuck? Like, why aren't you drinking? Like you you want to be a joiner, but you don't want to join that hard. There's a line. There's a line for sure. And the other thing is exactly what you're describing with Fessy. You don't want to be sober when all these people are, are like super drunk. Like you yeah. don't want to be the one in bed trying to sleep when they're all going nuts. Like that would get old in a hurry. What was homegirl's name also on all stars? stressful and drinking lets you blow off some steam.
1: Yeah. What was homegirl's name on all stars? Arissa. Yeah. Right? Like. No, I totally know what you're saying. I think there's a line where you can drink, just not, you know, the cash money motto is to drink till you throw up. Is that a little way line or did I make that up? That's a little way line, isn't it?
0: We're going to drink until we throw up. I'm pretty sure that's a line. The
1: cash money motto is to drink till you throw up. I'm pretty sure that's a thing. Anyways, my point is that there's a line between where you can just chill, have a couple drinks, have a one-two. Maybe you're feeling nice any chill
0: right you know when I was in grad school oh I was uh, I was pretty I was pretty poor okay and I also I knew I had to get along with my classmates including friend of the show Danny black hey and I developed a personal system where I would go out with my classmates for drinks like whenever mm-hmm. there's like a big and I my personal rule is I would or was I would have two drinks. Okay. And then I would leave. Okay. Cuz that way I wasn't spending too much. I
2: like and it. And like
0: you're not pissing anyone off. Mm-hmm. Right? Like no one can say like oh John never comes out with us. Cuz I would be out. Yep. And like two drinks is like 30 minutes, 45 minutes, maybe I'd have like a meal. It's a good solid time. And then I'd go home. So like Definitely part of the crew, but not getting into the drama. I like it. I like it. It's the move. Getting into the drama, though, there's a lot going on after Jesse shoves Josh. Things do not cool down. No.
1: So one thing that I'm not sure about, and maybe I should watch a super slow-mo replays over and over again. But did this actually start with Josh... You know, when you do like the, and I'm going to act this out on, on the the video for people to see. So, Hey, another reason in case you guys aren't watching the YouTube version of the podcast, you know, to see our handsome faces and the fresh haircuts, by the way, and the zadiness of Mr. John Chidley Hill. But my point is here, as I act this out, you know, the, and I'll try to do my best to describe it too, for our, our audio only listeners, but, um. You know, you do the two finger. We've talked about this before, right? The two finger like disrespect point in someone's face. You know what I'm saying? My question is, did Josh do that to Fessy first and like maybe graze his face, graze his nose just before Fessy then retaliated with the actual full on contact? Again, I'm not saying that Josh like, you know, Actually, like, dissed Fessy. Gave him the full-on, like, rude boy. Poke <laughs> with the two. You know? You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying he gave him the full-fledged that. But was there a little bit of contact?
0: I don't know. Uh, I think and- so. And Josh was definitely physically the aggressor. Mm-hmm. Like, he was in Fessy's face.
1: For a long
0: Fessy time. was pretty. Was much more calm. And... Willing to take a step back,
2: mm-hmm.
0: had his wits about him more. Fessy obviously crossed the line, should not have shoved Josh. No. Um, but I can see how Josh mentally, emotionally pushed him to that point.
1: Oh, Josh um, was going off. This was the thing, right? Josh standing on the couch singing, you're going home, you're going home, to the point where Amanda's the one being the, the peacekeeper. I thought that was hilarious.
0: I mean, Amanda, I'm going to say, Amanda and Esther and Casey, Okay the the women most associated with this, by and large, had their shit together. So last episode we saw Esther threw a drink in Amber's face and then Amber does the whole like, I'm a woman, you're a woman, we should never disrespect each other like that sort of speech. And Esther apologizes and in confessional, Esther says, you know, I shouldn't have done that. I still don't like Amber. Like, I still think <laughs> she's fake. Yeah. But I shouldn't have done that.
1: Yeah.
0: And then Josh, after bouncing up and down on the couch, which would like, he l- looked like a literal child. Yeah, that Josh came back
1: out today
0: yeah he tells everyone to vote in Fessy and Esther and then people are like uh you were just making out with Esther like (laughs) an hour ago like what's wrong with you he's like oh not Esther not Esther
1: you could see him catch himself
0: and then Casey arrives on the scene and Josh tells Casey to pick between him and Fessy and this is where I like Casey I'm liking Casey more and more She says that Josh and Fessy are putting a huge target on their backs. And it's so interesting to me how much Josh cannot calm himself down when he's upset. And like, I don't want to get all psychological, Mm -hmm. but it really says something about someone's upbringing when they can't calm themselves down. And they're like a full adult because soothing yourself is something you learn from parent parental figures. Interesting. So it's interesting how quickly Josh I mean he he was acting literally like a child. Like I don't think I'm unfair saying that. So
1: I go the other way with this because where I go with Josh here is the fact that I believe that this was a Josh that we've been complaining about for seasons and seasons and seasons past where he realizes, "Oh, this is my moment." This is my episode where I can guarantee Mm. that I'm the focal point of the episode. So I'm going to go over and above and do too much to make sure that I am the focal point of this episode. That's where I thought a lot of this was going, was going on. I don't know if, and I think then he just takes it too far, right? Like he switches gears. He's in that mode. I'm making good TV. I'm making reality TV. I'm going to be in the trailer. And then he's just going off and then like, going too far. And that's where you get the whole him on top of the couch, which remember him on the bar a couple seasons ago when he was arguing with, uh, was it swaggy?
2: Yeah. Right.
1: Um, then that's when you get him just blurting out, throw in Fessy and Esther. And then reality kicks in. It's like, Oh wait, no, I actually like Esther. I just think that's where all that stuff comes from. Um, then he even tried to fight with Amanda who was really just trying to get him to pay attention and get them to realize, like, dude, they just completely just manipulated you. Right. And she was making the most sense. And it was funny because it's Amanda. And you know, if you listen to this pod, I rep Amanda hard. She was just like, uh, when Josh started yelling, she just does the whoa, 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 you're not gonna pull this with me. <laughs> like, I'm not the one you're gonna, <laughs> you can do all this stuff with everyone else, but you don't want you don't want this with me. Like, this is not what's going down. But she went on to explain, and she's right. Tori and them just Tori and Corey just manipulated you. And you think they're your friends, just like you think Amber is your friend, which story for
0: another day. But Amanda's right. Amanda's right. Amanda's totally right here. I thought I thought there's a lot of glimpses of truth. Amanda was most on point Mm -hmm. uh, through this. But she also she confronts Corey and later Tori about their role in instigating. Yep. And I think Corey was totally right, where he's like, listen, this is on Josh. Josh has to be a grown man and learn to control his emotions. Yeah. I It's also, to Corey's point, it's on both Josh and Fessy for not burying the hatchet, like earlier.
1: I wholeheartedly agree with everything you just said, and it's funny. Because I'm going to tiptoe again because <laughs> I've been saying this a lot lately in my regular life, but like life isn't binary. Not everything is right or wrong. Two things are allowed to be correct at the same time. Right. And so when the conversation comes up in terms of, well, who's to blame for this? And it's Tori and Corey's fault because they instigated the whole thing about the pizza and then they went to go get Josh, right, to get him to like yell and, and do what Josh does. All of that is true, but Corey is right. Like, even if we did do all that, Josh could have stopped at any point. He didn't have to go that far, go that ham and Fessy didn't have to react. So yes, there is blame to go around from Tori and Corey, which keeps tripping me up because I'm trying to mm-hmm. bust rhymes, but still Josh and Fessy, Corey's right. Grown ass men that at any point could have stopped that at any point could have just like laughed it off that at any point, you know, it wouldn't have been a thing.
0: Yeah, they could have handled their business and just to they both should have said to themselves, shit, we have this dispute between us. We know it's going to be a club night, a partying night. Mm hmm. We need to settle this before we get drunk and yeah. do something that we'll both regret. Like they yeah. should they should have known. I also think that Amanda was right because she takes on Tori about Tori instigating things, and Tori says, Oh, I didn't think it was going to blow up this bad. And Amanda's like, You've met Josh. Like, you know <laughs> what he was gonna do. And I have to agree with Amanda. Like mm-hmm. it, and like, I appreciated Corey. But for, do, you,
1: do you know what it is, though? Sorry, sorry. I'll let what? you finish. My bad. I, I got too just excited. Saying, I, just I said, got too
0: excited. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that Corey basically owned it. He's like, yeah, I did instigate it. Josh should handle his business. Because Tori should have taken the same stance. Because Amanda's done things like this, too. Ashley, her best friend,'s done stuff like this, too. Like, it's just. It's part of the game. It's a strategy. Devin and Kyle have done this sort of thing. Like, it's it's a legitimate part of the challenge. It's on Josh and to a lesser extent Fessy to, st- like, keep falling for it. Like, stop being Charlie Brown with the football.
1: <laughs> Do you know what the thing is to me? For, for me, it's Corey's at least honest about his intentions. Tory seems kind of, like, disingenuous. Like, oh, well, I didn't think they'd take it that far. It's like, no, no, no your goal was to have them do that, right? Like the reason why you stirred up this whole trouble wasn't just to be all, you know, to be entertained. It was because you knew what could possibly happen, right? And that is allowed to be true as well as what Corey said is also allowed to be true. Hey, that could have been our intentions, but those are two grown ass men that didn't have to follow through with what we wanted or what our plans were. That's on them. Nobody forced Mm -hmm. them to do anything.
0: I agree. Uh,
1: the apology the was awkward. One, what did you think of the apology,
0: man? The uh, so there's two apologies. Well, you talking about the drunken apology the night of or the sober apology the next morning?
1: The drunken one first. Like Josh is like bad crying on TV. And that's when you know you're that's when you know the Remy's in the system cuz like that's a bad cry right there. The one thing well, though that was interesting was Nani's also there crying and She's wiping away tears, but Josh has a full on ugly cry. And I got to be honest, in that moment, I actually felt sorry for Josh.
0: Yeah. Well, listener Julia Lamana says, all caps, not Josh crying over Fessy. And, and just like a <laughs> bunch of laughing and crying emojis. Okay. Okay. So, Sheldon, you know me. Mm-hmm. I'm of Scottish descent. Okay. And growing up, we had a a saying in my family, and listeners, I don't think that this is actually a very healthy (laughs) expression, but in my family, we always said, don't cry over anyone or anything that won't cry over you. Ooh, I like that. I don't know that it's that healthy, (laughs) if I'm being honest, and I think my therapist would agree. Yeah. But that said... Josh is bawling his eyes out. Yeah. Fessy, not like, Fessy's definitely emotional, but he's not crying like Josh has cried. And, like, that level of that imbalance of emotional investment, yeah. Josh should think about. Like, mm. when Josh is watching this season, he should be thinking, Jesus Christ, like, I was losing my mind over Fessy, and Fessy was like... Pretty solid. Maybe I should put less stock in Fessy. Ooh. Right? Ooh, that's interesting.
1: That's interesting. I have more
0: to say on the Josh and Fessy relationship. But first, okay. Let's talk about the Hot Sauce Committee Part 2. Little Beastie Boys reference? No? Um, Sorry, I have... was
1: distracted because I was checking Amanda's Twitter feed because I saw her going off earlier, and I just wanted to like cross-reference <laughs> some things <laughs> that I was getting correct because she said Tori is fake, capital fake. Sorry, two fakes. Second fake, capital. Then the, seri- the Then after in all caps says period. <laughs> Glad they showed me calling her out. One hundred. But Hmm. the thing that really co-signs what we were talking about, she says, I'm the face of face mush. I'm the, wow. I'm the queen of face mushing. So I'm honestly shocked that they sent him home. The challenge death has changed, which is more so what we were talking about, right? Just like how the vibe, like we've seen way worse than that on the challenge, right? I think Nelson got sent home for face mushing. Uh, Derek, was it? Yep. But. Yeah. Either way, sorry. We're talking about, as you said, this, this the hot sauce crew. And I mean, so Emmy, which I still don't know how I really feel about Emmy. I still kind of find her annoying for whatever reason. But she's now with the crew of Tori and CT and Devin. And Emmy is talking about how she, her whole plan is she wants to steal CT. But the problem here is that Berna, and Emmy had a conversation where Berna basically told her, "Hey, I don't want you to take C- take CT." And Emmy just straight up lied to her. Are you okay with yeah. the fact that Emmy just lied to Berna, like just straight up?
0: I think Emmy plays sort of a sloppy game. Like I thought she was really in the very first episode when she immediately threw the American survivors like Michaela and Michelle under the bus. But I also, she's sort of getting, in this conversation, she's getting official approval for this move, and I know she did this after Promising Berna, but she also probably knew that the writing was on the wall, that CT, Devin, Kyle, Tori, and Ed, who are apparently in Alliance, Mm -hmm. would be fine with her doing this. Mm -hmm. She also maybe we're not giving emmy enough credit i mean we've already seen devin and kyle talk about how it'd be good to get rid of berna to help nelson focus so i think emmy's reading things correctly um so like i think she kind of knows that she can screw over berna with few repercussions yeah And if you look at that alliance, they're pretty solid. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Like, I think they would do well to protect her. And I would also note that, like, she's been partners with Devin before. Mm -hmm. So she probably has some insight because of that. She also, you know, we've always been critical of Amber B's loyalty to Big Brother the big brother Alliance because they have a clear pecking order. I don't know who the pecking order is in this Alliance. Like Kyle and Devin are going to see each other through to the end, Mm -hmm. but otherwise, like, I don't know who, who's number one for who. And so like, I feel like for Emmy, it's a situation where she could gain ground, you know? No, I got you. Like makes sense. I think it, I think it's a pretty good move. I don't Makes know sense. that her play style is sustainable. You clearly have some concerns about her immediately stabbing Burn in the
1: back. No, I just think it's like, I mean, she said they're not friends. So at that point it's like, all right, well, what do you really owe her then? Right. It's kind of that simple. Um, I was just more so like, why even go through the charade then with Burna,
0: Right. Well, just cause Berna, it's easier. Burna confronted her about it right like she didn't okay. go to burnout yeah
1: yeah so maybe you're yeah you're caught off guard what are you gonna say in the moment you're not gonna like because maybe you haven't figured it out but also it's like oh no like do i say it because maybe she'll freak out right now and you don't want that so what's the point in having her freak out if you could go into the elimination and then lose
2: mm-hmm. right then
1: she just freaked out on you for no reason so now that kind of makes sense kind of makes sense um do we need to go over the Fessy and Josh making up bro down? Yes,
0: we actually do. Okay. I'm going to be serious for a second here. Sheldon.
1: I'm listening.
0: <clears throat> I'm clearing my throat. So, you know, I mean business. <laughs> Fessy and Josh are both idiots. Oh, like, and that's not news. Sheldon, like you and I have both been critical about, of them for mm-hmm. seasons, for years. Mm hmm. But I will say in this scene, I was proud of them and happy to see them actually open up and I think very legitimately apologize to each other Mm -hmm. and own their own feelings. And to be real, I think we live in a society where it's very hard for men to admit their own insecurities, especially to each other, especially in front of the camera especially like Casey wasn't that far away. Like Mm -hmm. I definitely had the sense she was listening in. So although I think they're both stupid and I don't like either of them, I will, I think we have to acknowledge the fact that what they, a big part of their problem is something that a lot of men, especially men in their twenties have where they just can't say what they're feeling. Yeah. And so like, to that extent, like I applaud them for being so open and like it's good to see. And I think a lot of men have to do more of that. They're also stupid, just in general. Like, they're so, not right.
1: My thing is that they're actually genuinely friends. And I think that part was yeah. important to like see shine through. And I, I'll give them a lot of credit for that because I think that's like a really big part of this, like them acknowledging you know, the dynamic between them and Josh at least is one big brother. So he has that over Fessy, you know, even though Fessy might be the stronger competitor in this game, Josh does have the better social game than Fessy in the house. Like it was kind of interesting to kind of see their dynamic and have them both understand the dynamic. Right. But my thing too, is I think they kind of knew that they messed up. And the thing that was really telling to me was the scenes of the house before TJ showed up. Like, I don't know if that was great editing, great camera work that they were able to get all those shots from before TJ like actually showed up and just like edit them in to make it look like that. But those, there are so many people that just looked shook. And to (laughs) me, it was weird because why did all of those people need to look shook? Like it doesn't affect you. And if anything, There's probably a lot of people that are happy that Fessy would be going home. No? Like, that's the part that was kind of weird to me that I didn't
0: really understand. I
1: was kind of thrown off
0: by it. But I wonder what we didn't see. True. Like. Oh, yeah. Like, what else happened that
1: night in the house?
0: Yeah. Like, you know, when you were a kid and you'd have a supply teacher, a substitute teacher, and everyone would act up. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's one or two kids that were really bad, and you knew that they were going to be in trouble, but the entire class was going to get in trouble, too. Oh, yeah. I think that was the situation. So, like, everyone knows the three people, four people that are going to get in the most trouble, but I think they all know that they're going to get in some trouble. No, that's And, like, who knows if they're going to, like, have their alcohol privileges suspended, like... Mm Maybe as a group, you know? I will say, this scene where everyone's looking so serious and so stressed out has my line of the episode. I didn't think this was a particularly funny episode. It was pretty good, but it wasn't very funny. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Huey goes up to Josh and goes, You look really anxious. Which is like the most hilariously useless thing to say yeah <laughs> like, it's like read the room then but, but also like i i almost have to think that huey did it on purpose like that's like saying to someone about to make a presentation or to like speak in public like hey you're sweating a lot are you nervous like it's so <laughs> it's yeah. not at all helpful and it, <laughs> that really made me crack up
1: is super strange, but that's Huey. Uh, it's funny because my line of the episode is from this scene as well, but it's TJ saying, Fessy, you've been deactivated. Because the reason that's my line of the episode is because I was actually stunned that this happened. I didn't really? think that Fessy would get kicked off the show because I just thought I've gotten so used to TJ's pump fakes all the time that I was like, oh, I'm not falling for this. He's going to say everything's good. This is your warning. Maybe they'll add something where like, you know, there's some hindrance to their next daily challenge or something, or maybe they'll implement the stupid big brother thing where you like, you have to take cold showers. Like, I don't know what it is, but I didn't think that they would kick Fessy out. And I also found it. So Esther gets a warning, Josh gets a warning. And I mean, Josh got like, he basically told him, you were embarrassing everyone. You're embarrassing the cast, yourself, your family, all of which is true. But I was just like, wow okay all right tj um but fessy's reaction to me was weird he didn't really have a reaction which to me shows his memory of last season and how bad he looked in the final Mm -hmm. because i feel like what happens on these reality shows right people know they're on the show but there's moments where it clicks in and they're like oh I can't show a reaction right now because that's going to be a thing. So Fessy, he didn't get upset really. Meanwhile, you look around and like Amanda was crying. Josh was crying. Like people were still really shook and Fessy was just kind of like, ah, it's okay. It's almost like he knew. It's almost like he knew.
0: I hope that between last season and this season, Fessy really takes a look in the mirror and starts to examine how he is behaving because he has not come off well in either season. I think he did learn some lessons from last season. I'm not sure that he learned all the lessons though. Mm -hmm. And I think he still has a lot more growing up to do a lot more maturing to do. And I, I think this is certainly a learning opportunity for him and Josh. And I'll be interested to see, how much he learns from it, right? Like yeah. it's one thing to have a learning opportunity. It's another thing to take advantage of that learning opportunity.
1: No, for sure, for sure. And I think, you know, when I look at this whole thing and you think of how we talked at the start of the season about the Fessy rebrand and to then have it end like this, kind of sucks, kind of sucks for Fessy. Um, But when I think about who's to blame, I think more so, you know what I really thought about? Somewhere Johnny Bananas and Wes are really (laughs) proud of Corey. Oh, yeah. Right? Because this is like a straight old school tactic where you're just trying to throw off someone else in the house, get them to like do something dumb and get kicked off. And it worked. And it really didn't even take that much work for them to do. Right? Or sorry, it didn't even take that much of a reaction. Because all you're trying to do is get a reaction. And think about how many times we've seen this with, whether it was Johnny Bananas or Wes or whoever trying to instigate and just push someone's buttons and get them to explode. And this didn't even take that much. But now one of the strongest competitors in the house is gone. And, I mean, Corey definitely played a big role in it. He was the instigator. He fell into the trap, a trap that would only be more perfectly set
0: by Johnny Bananas and Wes. The path to the finals just got a lot more clear for the men in the house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot more clear. Notably, Fessy is only the second veteran to be eliminated this season. The first being Nam. Sorry, the third, because Nam and Anissa both left with injuries.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, so we get to deliberations, to nominations, and they just got complicated. Um, yeah, I thought Kyle was a cold blooded in confessional when he said he's not at all upset to see Fessy go. No, Tori starts deliberations by apologizing so she'd understand if people are mad at her. And then Corey also takes some responsibility for the situation. Um, and then Devin and Nani say, you know what? We can apologize all day, but we like, we have 20 minutes. We got to get this done. Let's move things forward, and I have to say, Devin. I know I'm the world's biggest Devin fan. (laughs) But he's just smashing it in these deliberations week after week, just controlling (laughs) the narrative. Seriously, though, Mm -hmm. like he he is setting the pace, and like he he's never been in the agency, but like he runs the show in the deliberations and. Does so in a way that doesn't put any heat on him, but is exposing everyone's games, is putting people on blast mm-hmm. for a little branding for you. Hey. like every week he impresses me. Again, I know I'm biased, but man, just the master class in getting people to say the wrong things in front of everyone else.
1: Uh, you mentioned the wrong thing, and here's what I still can't figure out about this season people nominating themselves to go into the elimination. So Esther basically says that she wants to go in and I don't get it. Like you want to go in so that you can pick your partner, but that means you have to win. Like, I I just don't understand that. So Mm -hmm. Esther basically says that she wants to go in and everyone votes in Esther. And I think Esther was doing this on the assumption Here's here's Esther's biggest mistake, right? She's going in on the assumption that they're going to throw in another rookie against her, but she probably thought it was going to be like Bettina or she wanted the smoke with Amber, right? The problem is when given the opportunity to speak up in the deliberation, she says, oh, no, I'd rather keep that to myself. Bad move. That's where you messed up right there. If you put the person on blast in this situation and then they start going back and forth, everyone's riled up, everyone's into it, and you're getting what you want. Instead, you're leaving it up to them, which I get that it's Casey and and, and uh, Vampire Dude's decision altogether. I understand that, but there'd be at least more pressure from the rest of the house to be like, nah, give the people what they want. Put
0: in Amber. I agree with you that Esther blew it by not saying who she wants to partner with or who she wants to face. But I thought she made the fair argument that Josh's arguments on behalf of Amber wound up putting in his best friend. Like, Josh Josh always gets his priorities twisted, and Esther just put it so beautifully. Mm -hmm. But at this mention, Amber gets oddly defensive, which, to your point, like... No one's buying what she's selling at this point. Like, no. Everyone's sort of like, all right, Amber. Our guy Wes actually tweeted tonight oh. that Amber wouldn't be catching all this heat if uh, she hadn't won last season.
1: Oh, yeah, true.
0: I, I think that's true. I think that definitely makes it worse. But also, Amber's not really reading the room. Amber's not a great political player. No.
1: There's a lot of she's she is always trying to play the victim, always trying to give the sob story, trying to get people to feel sorry for. Her. There's a lot of that going on, and I'd, I don't really understand it or why she thinks that works. Um, but to stick with this point, right, about people wanting to go into the elimination, this is what I don't get. Like you want to go in to pick your partner, but the reality is that same partner can get taken from you the following week anyways. So yeah. why not just avoid the elimination? Yeah. That's the part I don't get. Um, the, no, go sorry, on. Sorry,
0: I was just going to say, the other thing, though, is that Esther stands no chance because every man in the house is going to vote her in mm-hmm. because it saves them. Yeah. Right? Like, it guarantees that it's going to be uh, a woman's elimination. Yeah. And they're safe. So, I mean. No, it makes
1: sense. I have a question for you, though. Sure. So, should CT still trust Berna? He said he didn't, but should he still trust her?
0: No. I don't think he should. First of all, she's clearly thrown her lot in with Nelson. Second of all, I don't know that's necessarily a matter of trust, but Berna's play style is not compatible with CT's. Because what CT does is he just hangs out and starts winning competitions when it counts. Yeah. She is having a real hard time with the just hanging out part. Oh, yeah. Like, if you're... And, like, she she's a good competitor. But if you're CT's partner, especially in, like, the opening stages of a season, all you have to do is try hard and listen to CT... And that's it because he knows yeah. that he's at worst a mini boss, right? Like he's, <laughs> he's, he's late in the game. Yeah. He knows it. He knows that no one's going up against him. He knows that he's protected by the veterans Alliance. And even then when they turn on each other, he's not going to be the first target.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So just hang out, just work out, try your best, go to bed early, hook up with Nelson that's all there is. That's all you it's, gotta do, Berna.
1: Well, it's something we talk about all the time, right? Doing too much, and she's oh, doing yeah. too much for to be CT's partner. You're totally right on that. I totally agree with you. Um, the one thing I, I don't know if I agree with that, like, what is Rage Cage?
0: Wait, hold on. We got to talk about Emmy and Emmanuel's plan. Okay, such as it is. So they're friends Mm -hmm. because they're both romanian yep and you know they go to the same raves and he says to her that he and casey are willing to put her in so she can pick her partner because she doesn't like being partnered with huey Mm -hmm. emmy's nervous but she hopes it's something physical because she thinks she can take esther but in a physical competition and this plan to me makes some sense but also, it's not even really a plan, since of course the rookie rookie team is going in. Yeah, am I am I wrong? Like, well, it there was, was a, deal a world that didn't need to be made.
1: Yeah, but there was a world where they could have put in Amber, like Casey team clearly team. still doesn't really mess with Amber, right? Yeah. And so if Emmy was like, oh, I don't want to go in, and she's friends with um, vampire dude, Emmanuel,
0: Emmanuel, Emmanuel
1: um there is a world where amber could be the one going in if emmy didn't want to go in for whatever reason i don't think anyone would have been mad but i know what you're saying though like it is a long stretch to make when the assumption was that what was going to happen anyways and if she didn't go in this week then their their uh rookie rookie pairing would probably be going in the following week
0: yeah uh, before we get to the hall brawl and the Elimination, the lair. I have, I have two comments, not about gameplay. First of all, your guy Emmanuel wearing a backwards visor, a black undershirt, and sweatpants with flip flops. What do we, what do we think of this look? I thought he looked like a member of Bram Stoker's LFO. Like, what you know a what? strong look!
1: I'm gonna take. I'm gonna have a surprising take here, where I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go at Emmanuel in this moment here. Reason being is
0: you're scared of him. I understand.
1: No, no, no. <laughs> we, we've spent, everyone has spent a lot of time in their house, in their houses, in their homes as of late. And I feel like it'd be a tough judgment for me to make to judge someone else's just chill attire. Because I feel like I've caught myself in some very weird um, outfits, I'll say while I'm just at home and then you're scrambling because like a meeting's popping up or whatever. And like, you're just in some random like home attire because you've just been at home every single day and not putting on normal everyday clothing. So I understand that my guy is on TV and he's on the challenge. I get that, but they are really just hanging out at home. I'm doing air quotes for people not watching. Do you know what I mean? So I'm not, I'm, I just don't feel like I can be in a position where I'm going to crush someone else's um, home attire.
0: Okay. That's a fair point. As I look down at my pajama pants. Um, <laughs> the other thing I wanted to point out is before they go to the lair, there's a scene where Amber says to Jeremiah how nervous she is and they kiss. And I have to say, it says a lot about Jeremiah's skills and confessionals that his cuddle buddy this season is the center of all this drama. And yet he has had no confessionals in this episode. We did not see anything from Jeremiah, not a single like, Oh babe, you're embarrassing me. Like not a single thing. Like we, aside from this scene where we like, where he mutters, we've seen nothing of Jeremiah. He must be horrible in confessionals.
1: I got nothing on Jeremiah. Like, Literally nothing. I don't know what he does. I don't know what he says. Well, I know what he does. He's cuddling with amber. I'm not mad at him for that. Hey, no. I'm I'd probably jealous. be pretty quiet in the background cuddling with amber too all season. Not going to knock him for that. But every time my guy pops up on the screen, I'm always like, oh yeah, that guy's here.
0: Yeah, me too. Yeah.
1: That's all I got. So That's all I got about, on Jeremiah,
0: I'm sorry. Should we talk about rage cage?
1: Yes, because I'm all out on Jeremiah takes.
0: (laughs) Well, you can't have that many (laughs) beyond he exists. Fair enough. Rage
1: Cage. So basically this is just hall brawl, but instead of having to run all the way out of the tunnel to hit the bell, to ring the bell, once you get to the end of the tunnel, you have to climb up and ring the bell in the tunnel.
0: Just It's basically the same, just a little twist. Um basically you get to play Vega from Street Fighter. Sure. Sure.
1: Um who did you think was gonna win this? Was it pretty obvious that you thought Emmy would win? Because I thought Emmy so, would
0: win too. Well, I thought looking at this matchup, I thought that if I were Casey and uh emmanuel I would put Amber in because Aster is lower to the ground. She's definitely shorter than Amber. Mm-hmm. And I believe that she's probably stronger. I guess Amber probably is so didn't tall we, she might not have to. No, hold on, climb. hold on.
1: Didn't we learn? Didn't Amber beat someone in Hall Brawl and we found out that she played rugby? Wasn't Did that a she thing? Play,
0: she played like Amber M, who's like tiny. Remember, yeah. she, she went against like a yes. complete non-athlete. So. True.
1: True, true, true. Very correct. But the only reason I bring that up though is because we talk about it all the time. Esther said in her confessional she's never even been in like a physical altercation at all. Ever. Mm-hmm. At least if you play rugby, you're not going to shy away from the contact. That's true, right? And I think I think that would give Amber a huge advantage. But at the end of the day, I mean It was fairly an easy victory for Emmy. I mean, Esther did kind of fight and and hold her ground. She was hanging on for dear life, but she was so far away from her end in the first round that I thought that she just wasted a lot of time and her energy to just lose the first round. And the second round, I mean, she just missed
0: the bell. Which is heartbreaking. She would have had it, but she missed the bell. Yeah.
1: Emmy wins, and she did it for her whole family in Romania.
0: Uh, So, I was annoyed with all the shouting. Yeah. But then I loved it when Emmy said, I love the challenge. I also liked Esther in Confessional say that she's not going to forget how Amber treated her until she has her pound of flesh. Yeah. Quoting Shakespeare's The Merchant of Venice. Yeah. Which might be the most highbrow reference in challenge history.
1: Yeah. I mean... I love how she was just like, don't cheer for me. Don't tell me good job. <laughs> right? I was like, whoa, you are so fake. I was like, okay, Esther. Esther's still cheesed at, at uh, Amber. So I find that interesting.
0: Um, of course, Emmy picks Uncle CT.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I like what Kyle had to say. I don't blame Emmy. If I were down there, I'd want Uncle CT as well. And Berna is pissed. She is. So now Huey and Berna are partnered. And uh, Berna and Emmy are getting into it down in front of Mr. TJ. Oh, yeah. What did you think of this dispute? I mean, we've already sort of touched on it. but
1: Yeah, I just think Berna clearly should have seen it coming. And the most interesting part to me, I guess, was Her saying, well, I'm going to, like, you are now on my hit list, essentially. Like, I'm paraphrasing. That's not what she said. But essentially, she wants to exact some form of revenge on Emmy, which to me is the wrong move because you're just giving the vets an excuse to keep throwing you guys in instead of trying to shift the focus to maybe some of the other vet women in the house.
0: Um, I do want, I have a listener comment running some errands says literally right when emmy started her little speech the camera pans back to the rest of the competitors and bottom right screen you can see berna roll her eyes so goddamn hard at emmy thought they were supposed to be buds i had to rewind it twice so berna saw the writing on the wall
1: yeah not buds at all um there's beef on this season you know and and Mm -hmm. that's that'll at least make things a little more interesting because i feel like there's genuine beef where people feel that they've been done wrong and when that happens people want their pound of flesh
0: (laughs) the other thing that i thought was funny is huey in confessional thinks that burn is a game changer for him broski if you don't win next week you're going in like Berna's good, but she's not so good that the vets are going to turn on each other. I'm over like,
1: whatever he will get out of here.
0: Yeah. So we've done our lines of the episode. Who killed it for you this week?
1: Oh, that's easy. It's Corey. Corey oh, wow. killed it okay. in this episode. And the reason why Corey killed it in this episode is because if you go back, there are scenes where he has his arm around Josh, like he's egging him on and it's not only the fact that he pulled the great manipulative move of just hyping up Josh to just get in Fessy's face, but also then Josh gets eliminated, but then he stands on it and says, yeah, we did that, but they're grown ass men. Like he could have stopped at any point. And I agree with Corey on every single level on everything that he said. And that completely altered the game. If you think about it, remember, remember, Him and Nelson were coming back into this, trying to get their revenge on Fessy. It just didn't happen the way that people might have thought it did. It might not have happened the way that they would have plotted it out, but here it is. Fessy has gone home early. Corey and Nelson are still chilling.
0: Um, I think for me, it's Emmy. Because you know what? She got her man. She got Uncle CT. Mm -hmm. She, not that she had any beef with Esther, but uh, she proved herself. Yeah. She got away from Huey, which is definitely a dub. It's always good. And, uh, you know, I I think now that she has an alliance, I think she might survive. And I think she's... Linking up with CT at exactly the right time. Interesting, interesting. Because I think th- I think the veterans are going to turn on each other soon, and mm-hmm. I don't think that it's going to really blow up in CT's face. I think he's pretty safe.
1: I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. My thing is though, for, from CT's point of view, is he was just so worried about Berna doing too much. It's not like Emmy is going to like sit quietly during the season. So I'm interested to see how that plays out.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Where can the good people find you on social media?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Check out our new project we got going on too with DRF Sports. We're doing football picks every week. We do that twice a week. You can find that wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you can find this podcast, wherever you get your podcast. I can subscribe to the YouTube page. We got lots going on. I'm almost as busy as my co-host here, Mr. John Chidley Hill.
0: Almost. I guess I am pretty busy. I was going to try to deny it, but I'm I'm a busy person. I
1: wasn't uh, making a joke. I was making a serious <laughs> statement of fact.
0: You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at jchidleyhill.com uh and as sheldon just alluded to i work a lot (laughs) and uh my job is has been quite demanding these days but i love it so no complaints and until next week this was you killed it
1: no complaints because no one would listen anyways you kill